Amen. Um, can I ask everyone to stand again? Just, I just feel it. I would collectively just invite the Holy Spirit into this room tonight. And we just lift our voices and our hands to God and just... Lord, we ask you to come and we invite you into this place. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to hearts tonight. I pray that you tear those walls down, you break up the ground that they would receive. Lord God, I pray that you take this weak vessel. Lord God, that you would take the words that I have to say and you would make them alive. Lord God, I pray that you would speak. Oh God, this evening you would save, you would break chains. Oh God, you would restore the backslider tonight, Lord. Lord, you would bring that sinner home. Oh God, to you, Lord God, I do thank you, Lord. And I'm expecting, oh God, creating many things in your house tonight. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know that, love, that song we sang there? I want to read the verses out. Um, it says, What love could remember? No wrongs we have done. Is there any love, any human love that can remember? No wrongs we have done. I don't think there is. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not. There's some thrown into a sea with, without bottom or sure. Our sins, our sins, your sins, my sins, they are many, but his mercy is more. What patience would wait as we constantly roam? Are you roaming tonight? Are you searching for something to fill that void in your life tonight? What father so tender is calling us home? He is going to call you tonight and you have a decision to make. He welcomes the weakest, the foulest, the poor. Our sins, they are many. Your sins are many, but his mercy is more. That last verse, what riches of kindness, that's God's love, that he lavished on us. His blood was the payment, his life was the cost. We stood neath a debt we could never afford. You know you have a debt tonight and it's sin. And you deserve punished for that sin. No one else, no one else. But our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Do you know the love of God tonight? And that's, that is what I'm speaking on. How great is the love of God? How great? You know, I do I do believe the Holy Spirit has given me a word for tonight. And, you know, I do believe the Holy Spirit confirmed it this morning through people's prayers and even through what Uncle Tim brought. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, there's those of you sat here this morning that aren't saved. And you heard the trumpet sound and you heard that alarm call so loud and so clear. And I was thinking, I'm bringing a gospel message tonight. You're going to hear the gospel twice today. You have a decision to make. There's no excuses. You have a decision to make, you know. So I'm going to talk about how great is the love of God. And that word great, that word great means large, means wonderful. It means extreme, extraordinary. So in other words, I'm saying how large is the love of God? How wonderful is the love of God? How extreme is the love of God and how extraordinary is the love of God? And I have a second title. I've called it a challenge title. I'm not speaking two sermons, but uh, it is this. Do you desire to be loved by God? Do you? Do you desire to be loved by God? So by way of introduction, I'm going to talk about this first. Do you desire to be loved by God? So what do I mean when I say, do you desire to be loved by God? Well, let me start off by saying that some here tonight may not have a desire to love God, 
But what I do know is that everyone has a desire to be loved. Everyone has a desire to be loved. Everybody wants to feel loved and experience love, whether it be from family or friends. We all want to be loved. Maybe you're here tonight and you haven't experienced the love of a parent or the love of a friend. Well, I'm here to tell you about one whose love for you is greater than the love of a family member or the love of a friend. A love that will never, never end. A love that will never fail. A love that can break every chain. What chains are holding you tonight? A love that can break every chain and set you free. Do you want to be free? A love that will give you peace and rest. A love that will give you joy and gladness. Do you want joy? Do you want gladness? Do you want fulfillment? Come to Christ tonight. So my question tonight is this. Have you a desire to be loved by God, the one who made you? Have you a desire to be loved by a son, Jesus, the one who died for you? What I'm saying is this. Do you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I'm, I'm going straight there at the start tonight. Do you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you? Do you want Jesus to be Lord over your life? Do you, do you want to know the love that Jesus gives? And do you want Jesus to be your everything? That's what it is. Do you want him to be your everything tonight? You know, as Andy would say, Victoria said it on Thursday night. If he's not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. You have to give him your everything and Jesus will be your everything. You know, maybe you've answered no to all these questions. Maybe you don't want Jesus to be your everything. Maybe maybe you want to live life your own way. Maybe you don't believe, you don't even believe that there is a God. Well, I'm, I'm not here to debate with you tonight on whether there is a God or not. I know there's a God because that God saved this life. And that God healed this life. And that God has provided for me and my family. And I've saw God heal people in this room. And so have you. You are without excuse tonight. You know, and his word also says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. God was there before the beginning. Because he, that's who he is. That is just who he is. I can't get my head around that, but I just take his word. That's what it says. And tonight I do pray that the Lord will enable me to show you how great his love is towards you and how he wants to pour all of his love upon you, not just a wee bit, not just some, but everything he wants to pour on you. I pray that the Holy Spirit takes these words. Without him, I'm nothing. I am nothing. But I do pray that the Holy Spirit would take the words of this vessel and makes them alive to your heart. So the question, do you desire to be loved by God, by Jesus? You see, you have to want, you have to want Jesus. You have to have a desire for him. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that can put that desire there. He, Jesus, he won't force himself upon you. He will not bribe you. He will not make you do anything you do not want to do. Tonight you will either accept or reject his love. The decision is yours tonight. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Salvation tonight is God's gift to mankind. It's a gift. If I was to come and give Brent 
a gift tonight. He has the right, he has the free will, he has the choice to say, yes, please, thank you. Or he can say, no, I don't, I don't want that gift. You can say no to God tonight. You can't reject his love tonight. And you can say no to God tonight. The answer you give to this question, the answer you give to salvation, this gift that God's given to you, will decide where you spend eternity. The answer you give to this question, this gift, will decide where you spend eternity. How do I know that? They're not my words. It says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 to 9, it says, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out, shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. He will punish those who do not know God. You might know of God tonight. You might know who he is. You've heard about him. But do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you have a relationship? Do you walk with him? Do you talk with him? Do you read his word? And it says, do, and do not obey the gospel. Of, I'm presenting you the gospel. And there's some here this evening heard the gospel this morning as well through the word. You're getting presented the gospel twice in one day. You have a decision to make. Let me make something clear, though. Just by saying, yes, I want Jesus, as much as that's a good a good start and a good place to be, it's not enough to save you. You have to give him your life. And when you put your faith in Jesus and repent of your sins and turn to your 180 from the life you've once lived, his love, his love will come and transform you and make you brand new. You don't have to try. Once you accept Jesus into your heart and you make a decision to turn, his love will come upon you and he will change you from the inside out. You will never be the same. And so tonight, I do believe that Jesus is speaking to hearts already. Tonight, I really do believe that he's speaking to hearts. I believe that you're going to be faced with that question. Do you desire to be loved, God? You have an answer to give and you have a decision to make tonight. You will either accept his love, or you will reject his love. So that that is my introduction. It was a bit, it was a bit straight there, but I felt that I needed to, I needed to go straight there because the onus is on you. You will be, you will be without excuse tonight. You know, but I want you to keep in your minds that as I as I talk through how great is the love of God, ask yourself: Do I desire? Do I desire to be loved by God? By Jesus. So how great, how great is the love of God? How great is the love of God towards you and towards me? Well, there are four different kinds of love that we can talk about. Number one, there's a storage love, which is an empathy bond. Uh, this is a Greek word that is used in Christianity to mean family love, the bond among mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, sisters, and brothers. There's filial love, which is a friend bond. There is eros love, romantic love, and then there's agape love, unconditional love. And tonight we're going to talk about unconditional love, God's love. So to get a greater understanding, you know, I think to get a greater understanding of God's agape love, unconditional love, and God who is almighty, all-knowing, all-sufficient, creator of the universe, I just felt we need to compare, we can't compare God's love, but we need to look at our love, our human love, which is imperfect which is full of flaws and faults. So the dictionary, the dictionary, the world, the dictionary describes love as this, 
a profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person. A husband, the wife, or vice versa. A feeling of warm personal attachment or deep affection as for a parent, child, or friend. Affectionate concern for the well-being of others. It also says it is to have a love or affection for something, to have a strong liking for, take great pleasure in, to embrace. We we can relate to the, the the meaning of love that the dictionary that the dictionary describes, um, and that what what the dictionary describes that's, that's 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 like a good love, sort of speak. You know, as a father, I would do anything for my kids. That is the love of a parent, and that is that is that word storage love. We cherish the love we have from our friends and towards our friends. That is filia love. That's a friend bond and. I've got down here, the world calls that, I've never used this, but the world calls that BFF, best friends forever. But you know what? Even that love has flaws. And as kids and teenagers, we have felt and do feel the warm, tender love from our parents. We can go to them in time of need, when in trouble, for help, for advice to confide in, or maybe just for a big hug. Some of us might even have a love so great that we would give our last penny to help that person in need. Or maybe, maybe tonight is your love so great that you would give your life to save another. We all sitting here can relate to the world's meaning of love. We have felt it from others and we act it out day by day. We show love to, to others. Still, it doesn't come close to the love of God, doesn't even compare to the love of God. Let's look at human love again. Is our human love perfect? No, far from it. It's completely flawed. Flawed by what? By the curse of sin. You know, I'm going to ask a few questions. I don't want hands. Just answer in your heart. And just, just as a way to try and prove to you tonight that our love is flawed, because most people in here will probably answer yes. And that you know, I will prove tonight that our love is completely flawed, flawed and imperfect. Number one, have you ever been let down by a friend? Have you ever been let down by family? Have you ever been bullied in school? Have you ever been picked on in work? Have you ever had your possessions stolen? Have you ever been beat up? Have you ever been cursed at? Have you ever been spat at? Has mean words ever been said to you? Or have you ever done any of these things? I think if we were all honest tonight, we can answer yes to most of them. Most of them. And this shows us that our love is far from perfect. If our love was perfect, then why is there so much trouble and pain in this world? Why is there so much hate? Why is there so much crime in this world? Murder, even today, I saw in the, I read in the news that a 13-year-old girl in County Fermanagh was, was stabbed by men with, with machetes. Is that perfect love? No, it's not. Our love is not perfect, but there is a love that is perfect. And other characteristics of our human love is that it's selfish and that it's gain-based. It has strings and expects something in return. It is conditional. It is sensual. It gives to get. It could be offended and may stop when not appreciated. And expects returns from recipients. Our love is completely flawed. Why? Well, it's... You know, as most of us know, and I'm not bringing anything, really not bringing anything new tonight, but it's because of the fall way back in the Garden of Eden. That's when sin entered this world and everything became became cursed. But 
And there is a but, but a God-man called Jesus came and showed his perfect love by dying on the cross for the whole of mankind. You know, and I hope that by looking at our human love and how our love can go from one extreme to another, that we can maybe grasp how big God's love is towards us and towards you tonight, towards you, backslider, towards you, sinner friend, tonight. So how great, how great is the love of God? Well, as I've already said, and I might sound like I'm repeating myself a wee bit, but one thing I do know is his love is perfect and his love is flawless. Let's look at how the Bible describes love. Psalms 103, verse 11 to 12 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he moved our transgressions. Can anyone measure the east to the west? No, we can't. God's love cannot be measured. Psalms 107, verse 8 to 9 says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. God's love is unfailing. It never, ever, ever fails. Psalms 40, verse 11 says, Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect. God's love will protect you. He will protect you. That's what he has promised. Psalms 57, verse 10 says, For great is is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the sky. And a well-known verse, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. See, he sent the Son because he loved you. He didn't send his Son because you done anything to earn it. He sent his Son because he loved you. That he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God commanded his love towards us, that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Christ died for you when you were a sinner. That's love. 1 John 4 and 10 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus was sent to pay for your sins. You should be paying for your sins. They're your sins. But God was so great in love that he sent his son to pay for your sins. 1 John 4 and 9 says, 19 says, We love him because he first loved us. And that's, that is it all summed up. We love him because he first loved you and I. God's love doesn't even come close to the love that we have. Doesn't, you know, our love doesn't even... Our love doesn't even touch the surface of God's love. And you know what's amazing? Do you know what's amazing tonight about God's love? And you can you, you can experience it tonight. You, we can experience the love of God in our lives and we can live in the love of God. You know, God's love is unconditional. In other words, God loves without placing any conditions on the loved ones. He loves because it is his nature to love. 1 John 4 and 8. That love moves him toward benevolent action. He causes his son to rise on the, on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, Matthew 5.45. The unconditional nature of God's love is most clearly seen in the gospel. The gospel message is basically a story of divine rescue. It's radical. It's radical. 
as God considered the plight of his rebellious people. He determined to save them from their sin. And this determination was based on his love. It's all because of his love for you tonight. God's love is incomprehensible. No human mind can comprehend God. We cannot define God. We cannot provide a comprehensive account of who he is. Can anyone here define God? Nobody can. Einstein couldn't define God. He dwells in an unapproachable light. 1 Timothy 6.16 says, If God is incomprehensible, then so must his love be. We can't grasp. We can't take in. We can't, we can't understand how great God's love is. God's love is unique. There is no other love like his love. God is outside of time. God is greater than this universe that he created. He is the king of all kings and he's the Lord of all lords. He speaks and it comes into being. If this is how great God is, then this is how great his love must be also. It cannot be compared. And as we've said, God's love is perfect and flawless. Who is perfect love? Perfect love is Jesus. God wrapped in human flesh. Perfect love goes to any length to save and any height to reach. Perfect love goes to any height, any length to save and any height to reach. Perfect love calls the prisoner, his brother, redeems him and sets him free. Are you, are you getting it? <laughs> I, can't, I can't make it. The Holy Spirit has to come and show you this, but I even just grasp in a little. Perfect love calls the prisoner his brother, redeems him, and sets him free. Is that not amazing tonight? Perfect love is complete, all-consuming, with no traces of doubt in the power of the Holy One. And God's love is enduring. It's enduring no matter what happens. No matter what you're going through, no matter what trial you face, what situation you are in, nothing can separate you from the love of God. How do I know that? Well, Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor heavenly rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That's his word. It's inseparable. This is who God is. And this is his amazing love. Here are a few, few more characteristics of God's love. And they'll, they'll be familiar. Familiar to those that, that are saved. God's love suffereth long. It is kind. It does not envy. It's gentle. It's not easily provoked. Doesn't think of evil. Does not rejoice in sin. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. His love never, ever, ever fails. This is who God is, and his love was manifested through his son, Jesus Christ. He came to die for you. Friend, he came to die for you. He came to set you free from sin. Are you in sin tonight? He came to set you free from sin. Do you want to be free from sin tonight? Do you have a desire to be loved by God? He came to redeem your soul. You cannot redeem your soul. You can't earn that redemption. But Jesus can. 
Jesus came as a gift to you so that you would receive him and inherit eternal life. His desire, though, is that you would love him. For he wants to pour his amazing love on you. Jesus wants to pour his amazing love on you. Do you desire to be loved by God? Do you? Why, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you why. He will wipe away your tears. He will carry your burdens. He will forgive your sins and his mercy and grace are new every morning. Do you desire to be loved by God? He is faithful. He will protect. He will guide. He will lead. He will provide. He will watch over you. He will keep you safe and he will bless you. Do you desire to be loved by God? This is what he offers you. Why, you may ask, why would I desire to be loved by God? Why would God do this for a sinner like me? Three words. God loves you. It's very simple. Very, very simple tonight. His love is greater than the love we know. His love is supernatural. All he asks is that you love him back. When you pour your love out in God, God will pour all of his love upon you. If you fail him, or you let him down, you stumble or fall, guess what? God will continue to pour his love on you. For that's who he is. He's full of grace and mercy. His love is everlasting and it's never ending. It never runs dry. It goes on and on and on. He will come and he will change you by his love to be like him so that you can love others the way God loves you. I ask again, do you desire to be loved by God? Do you desire to receive eternal life and inherit the promises and all the benefits he has, he has for you? Do you desire to walk in victory and not in defeat? Do you desire to be free from the torment and addiction of sin? Do you desire to live with peace and hope in God and not wrestle with stress and anxiety? Do you desire to have your needs met by the one who owns this world? Do you desire to walk in freedom, to lay all of your burdens at his feet and let him love on you? You ask yourself that question, do I desire to be loved by God? Do you? Do you desire any of these things? No, I really do believe Jesus. He's in this room and he's speaking, he is speaking to hearts. I do believe that. I do I do believe it. I've been praying. I've been praying over this all week and just obviously this morning listening and I really believe that you've got a decision to make tonight. You have a decision to make tonight and you know, Jesus right now, he's calling, he's calling out to you. He's saying, child, run to me. Give me all your worries and cares and I will pour my love on you. I have all that you need. Stop running. Stop making excuses. This world has nothing to offer other than death and emptiness. But I am here and I have come that you may have life and fulfillment because I love you. It's because Jesus loves you tonight. Choose me. Receive this gift of salvation that is in me. It's in my blood. It's in my death and resurrection. You take that step of faith and I will run to you because I love you. So Jesus is saying tonight. He loves you. He loves you. 
Can you hear his voice? Can you hear his voice speaking? Is he pulling on your heart? Is the Holy Spirit convicting you of your sins? Do you desire to be loved by Jesus? You know, as I come to a close, not too long, I just want to paint a picture, not not literally, <laughs> but, you know, last Friday I was I was driving down to work and I take that time just to, just to pray and pray unto God and it's just me in the car and the sun's just coming up as I'm going down that Ballygown road and I got to the roundabout and I do believe the Holy the Holy Spirit just just spoke to me and said just just be still be still and let me minister on you be still and think about my goodness and my mercy and my grace and my love to you and he just he just brought this you know it's nothing new it's nothing it's not it's, no big thing, you know, it's just what God showed me of his extravagant love. And I want to paint that picture tonight. And I do pray that the Holy Spirit, that you would be able to see it with your eyes. I can't make you see it. The Holy Spirit has to come and he has to open your eyes to see that. So you sinner, you're standing here. And you're standing facing the almighty God, the creator, savior, king of kings and judge. He's standing here. And he's looking down at you tonight. And you, sinner friend, you can't look at him. Why? Because he is magnificent. He is glorious. He's brighter than the sun. And he is holy. He's just. And he is true. And Almighty God's looking at you and he's saying, My child, here is my son, Jesus. He is my gift. He is salvation. In him is life. In him is freedom. In him is redemption. He is yours if you desire him. He died for your sins. His blood was shed for you. He overcame the grave to give you victory. He loves you and I love you for we are love. And we want to pour our love on you. This is what he's saying. Receive this gift and you will be clean. I will remember your sins no more. You will be transformed by the power of my love and will live to proclaim my name in this earth. You will receive eternal life. My dear sinner friend, backslider, you stand here and if you choose to reject the Almighty God, if you say to Almighty God, no, no, I, I want to live my life my own way. I, I don't need you. I, I can do it myself. Um, well, God... God Almighty looks down and says, Child, my love for you is so great. It's so great. And because my love for you is so great and perfect, it means that I am just in all that I do. And if you choose not to receive my son, Jesus, who's here for you to take, a salvation for your soul, then I have to punish you. As we've just read in Second Thessalonians, I'm just and true in all my ways. So because your sin is great, you will receive the punishment of destruction and eternal life in hell. It's just like the courtroom setting. You stand before the judge and he will come, the, the judge will come down and he's going to sentence you for the crime that you have committed. The we saying is you do the crime, well, you're going to pay the time. You're a sinner. We all are a sinner. I'm a sinner. I deserve the punishment that God gives. I deserve the punishment that God gives. One thing though, in this world you do the crime, 
you give maybe get out after five years, ten years, depending on depending on what you have done. See, with God, God's punishment's eternal. Eternal. What does that mean? Well, it means there's no end in sight. It will go on and on and on and on. It's forever and ever and ever and ever. Is that what you want? Is that I'm not I'm not trying to scare you tonight. I'm giving you the reality, the facts. This is real. This is and this is your soul that I'm talking to you about tonight. Young person. Young person. Is this what you want? It's a serious matter, and it's a matter of your soul. Do you desire to be loved by God? Or are you going to reject God's love tonight? See if, you, see if you desire to be loved by God tonight and you take that step of faith. Well, this is the scene, the picture the Holy Spirit painted and revealed to my heart. Sinner, friend, backslider, whoever you are, you stand here and you are covered in sin. You're covered in shame. The chains of sin and shame are wrapped around you. God Almighty is standing here in all his majesty and all his splendor. And he presents to you his son, his gift of salvation. Jesus, the savior of the world. He's standing in between you and God with his arms stretched out wide. And you look at Jesus and you say, yes, I want Jesus. And you take one step forward towards your savior. Do you know what I see? Do you know what I see? Do you know what I see when you make that move and take that step to get your life right with Christ? I see Jesus and Jesus comes running for you. He comes running towards you. His arms outstretched just like when he died on that rugged cross. His hands that were pierced with nails wrap around you and your face is buried in his shoulder. You're sobbing because you are now held in the arms of your Savior. You realize that you're a sinner needing grace. Your eyes are open to see the depravity of your sin. And you are deeply convicted. It is then you look up and you see the face of your Savior. The one who died for you. The one whose blood was spilled for you. And instantly you are free. You're free. No longer bound by the chains of sin. Addiction. No longer bound by shame and condemnation. You are free and you are free in Christ. And while you're in Jesus' arms, I'm not saying this is real. It's just a picture you know, the Holy Spirit just painted to me. Jesus turns around to the Father and says, Father, this child, this child is mine. Father, I have paid the price for his soul. I was punished so that he could live. I died to give him life. Father, my blood was shed to wash his sins away. I rose from the grave to give him victorious life. His chains are gone. He has no more shame. He is free and he has freedom in me. Do you want freedom tonight? Is that what do you want freedom? Do you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He is clothed in my righteousness. He is saved and now has a mansion waiting for him in heaven. Isn't that an awesome thought? Isn't that awesome? That revelation of the cross, what Jesus done for you, 
What joy you feel to know that your sins are forgiven, to know the power of that crimson river, to know the man Christ Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. See, at that very moment, at that very moment you give your life to Christ, your life will be transformed by the supernatural love of God. His word says that he will lavish his love upon you. His love will come down you, come down upon you. Every single drop of his love will come down upon you. Because that's who he is. He's full of grace and he's full of mercy. He will change your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. To be like him and to show the love that he has shown, shown you on the others. This is how great God's love is towards you. That a man would lay down his life for the sins of mankind. Do you desire to be loved by God? Ask me again. Do you desire to be loved by God? Tonight are you going to make that step and accept this gift of life? Or are you going to reject them? You're going to reject Jesus tonight? Those of you that were here this morning, you're going to reject him twice tonight? Don't reject this gift of salvation tonight. Don't say no and walk away. Say yes and run to Jesus. Get saved. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You do not know what tomorrow holds. You don't even know. Listen to me. You don't even know if you're going to wake up in the morning. Does anyone know here that they're going to wake up in the morning? No, we don't. Think about that. All I ask tonight is that you don't leave it late. Sinner friend, give your life to Christ tonight. Backslider, rededicate your life tonight. The Father, God the Father is waiting at the door for you. Young person, God has a plan for you and a purpose for you. He wants to use you and move through you to see this dying world saved. Give your life to him. Give everything to him. Give everything to him. Who knows what God can do with your life? Who knows? Who knows? It's not about you. It's about him. But who knows what he can do through you? Old person, older person tonight. Today is the day of grace. It's not too late to get saved. It's not too late to get to get your life right with Christ. Now I want to leave you with I just want to leave you with that question. Do you desire to be loved by Jesus? Do you? Do you want Jesus to be your everything? Do you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Do you want his love to come upon you, saturate you? Do you want to live in victory and not defeat? Live in freedom? Do you want the, the addiction of sin released from you? It's not to say life will be easy, but see with God's love, God gives you that victory. He can make you through every single day. So I leave you, I do leave you with that question tonight. Do you desire to be loved by God.